Hello, welcome back to another episode of my goddamn quest for happiness. It's so nice to have you here in my basement. I'm super thrilled to be here. Today, we will talk about a little thing called luck. Hi, and welcome to my goddamn quest for happiness. I am Anne Klein, actor, comedian and life coach. Okay, sure. This podcast is all about happiness. What makes us happy? What makes some people happier than others? And why can't I get it? I've been reading a lot of books. I've been talking to many, many people, watching lots of YouTube videos, rabbit hole, and I have discovered a few things and I would love to share just that with you. started. Right, so today is a super exciting episode for me personally. It moves away ever so slightly from the territory of happiness in its strictest sense and over into the field of luck. What makes people lucky? What makes other people not so lucky? Are you lucky? If so, you are one of the lucky ones. I love this topic because I think it has something ever so slightly mystical about it. And as you will find out as we go through this episode, it's not actually that mystical. We have a lot more control over our luck than we think. That's that's pretty surprising, I think, because I think a lot of us equate luck to it's not in my hands. But wait a second, it might just be in your hands after all. Ooh, exciting. Luck to me is something that other people have. Uh, I'm not one of the lucky ones. It's always happening to other people. It's proof in some ways that life just isn't fair because things are out of my control and it can be used, at least for me, as a potential reason not to try for something since if there's too much luck involved, you know, the odds are stacked against me anyway. So why even try? For example, let's say you're going for a job interview and you've heard that there's a thousand applicants for 20 positions. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like, oh, you have to be lucky to even be one of the 20 with that amount of people applying? And so do you maybe consider not applying at all? I mean, I might just be (laughs) exposing myself quite a lot here, but I I get those feelings sometimes. Maybe I'm alone. Maybe everybody else is like, Anne, that is a terrible attitude to have. And you wouldn't be wrong. But hey, this is life and we all have terrible attitudes in regards to some things. And I've definitely been guilty of that. Having to audition for drama school is definitely something like that. You know, you you just know there's 3,000 people auditioning for 20 spaces and it just makes you feel like this is not really in my hands. So what do you do? Do you just give up? I don't know. I've been reading this book called The Luck Factor by Professor Richard Wiseman, and it's a fascinating book. I do definitely recommend it alongside The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker, but I will not be speaking about that in this episode. But The Luck Factor, the first time I read it, it didn't occur to me, but the second time I read it, I realised that he gives a lot of examples of people that have a lot of luck in their life and people that have much, much less luck in their life. And I realised that some of it just is in the way they describe their lives. So I think you can look at anything that happens to you, either from the side of this was unlucky or from the side of this was lucky. For example, there's this um, experiment that they do sometimes where they ask people, imagine you're in a bank and um, there's an armed robbery and now they're shooting around and you get hit in the arm. Do you afterwards feel like, oh, that was lucky or oh, that was unlucky? I know for myself, I would definitely say, 
uh, terribly unlucky. Why did it have to be me? Why did I have to be in that bank at the time that they came in? And why did they have to shoot me? Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, look at me, Poppy. But uh, other people <laughs> who might have a bit of a better attitude, there's no good and bad here, and Stop being so judgmental. But maybe a more useful attitude, if you will. Um... People with a more useful attitude might say, wow, how lucky, because they only shot me in the arm. It could have gone very differently. I could have died. I wish I could live like you. But so, basically, I tried, after reading it for the second time, looking at my life slightly differently. I'll give you an example. <laughs> Not to self-promote or anything and to keep talking about drama school. I'll, I'll, I promise I'll try my best to stop talking about that all the time. But um, I studied hotel management initially and then decided I just didn't want to do that and, and train as an actor instead. And I went to London, I went to the UK and I auditioned for drama school, never having acted in English ever before. And my story in my head about how all of this went down was, uh, I'm not super lucky because I went to audition and I got onto a foundation course and I really wanted to get into a BA. So you just have to be lucky. You have to be one of those chosen people that get to do a BA and it's just not me. But then, can I look at this story and tell it from the perspective of a very lucky person? And turns out, yes, I can. What I realised was I could also look at it in the way of saying, hey, I decided to leave hotel management school and go into a foreign country to audition for drama school. And first time trying... I didn't just get into one, but two courses of very prestigious schools. That is also true. I am focusing on the fact that they were foundation courses when I wanted to get on a BA. But really, I could also focus on the fact that I've had not huge amounts of experience when it comes to acting, and I had never acted in English before, and that was actually pretty fucking good. So um, just doing this as an exercise and trying to write down my life story from the perspective of a lucky person was really eye-opening to me. And it's quite a fun exercise, actually. If you want to try it, it's 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 kind of cool. <laughs> Suspend your disbelief for a little second. I mean, I have not really spoken to many people about luck, but what does luck mean to you? Do you have the same attitude as me, that it's something that's out of your hands? And how has luck affected your life so far? And also, do you consider yourself a lucky person or an unlucky person? Is it something you ever think about? I'm really honestly curious. Please do message me and let me know. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this. Um, If you think about most people's career opportunities have arisen from some lucky opportunities or how they met their partner or whatever, it's always been a matter of, oh, if I'd not gone out that night, I would not have met this person. Or if I hadn't spoken to this stranger and he hadn't just happened to recommend me to someone, I wouldn't have gotten this job or whatever like there's so many ways in which lucky chance opportunities seem to affect our lives so how can we use this for ourselves i mean you would think as i said before that luck is something mysterious in the book the luck factor they talk about an experiment that they've done with lottery tickets because lucky people win the lottery unlucky people don't and i have never yet won the lottery so they've asked in this experiment both lucky and unlucky people to participate they have this little test and they ask them questions and then they figure out whether someone's lucky or unlucky and they have this theory that if lucky people are onto something if they just maybe have this hunch they have this supernatural kind of power to predict something you know just to to get the result that they want then all the numbers that the lucky people chose and that the unlucky people avoided should be 
the winning numbers. And they actually found the numbers that, that fell into that category. And the experimenter said, this was the first time in my life I bought a lottery ticket. And he didn't win. <laughs> Not one of his numbers was correct. Neither group had a higher rate of success. It was an equal amount of lucky people and unlucky people that won. The only difference was that the lucky people, when asked before, felt far more confident that they would win. Now, this does not affect the outcome of a lottery, unfortunately. But uh, life is not a lottery, as they say so beautifully. This attitude of being confident that you will get the result that you're hoping for will affect whether we try for something. It will affect how hard we persist in the face of failure. It affects how we interact with others and how others interact with us. So what is it then that lucky people do differently? Basically, Richard Wiseman has found out that there are four principles of luck. Tendencies, behaviours, attitudes that uh, lucky people have, that unlucky people don't. Uh, in this episode, I will only focus on that first principle of luck. I will probably talk about the three others in future episodes, but there's just too much to talk about. So I will I will only focus on one principle and its sub-principles, because they are all still divided up into more, more different ideas, but that makes it very easily digestible. So let's get into it. The first principle of luck is lucky people increase the amount of chance opportunities or increase the potential for chance opportunities. The sub-principle number one is they increase a network of luck. So when looking at lucky people, they have a tendency to usually be extroverts. If you've listened to my last episode, you know that I am not an extrovert. So <laughs> um, it doesn't have to mean anything. Uh, you don't have to be an extrovert to be lucky, but extroverts tend to naturally be luckier. But we can apply some of the strategies that extroverts use. What do they do, for example? They are more likely to strike up a conversation with lots of strangers. I'm sure you've been in the queue in a supermarket or in an elevator or whatever, and some stranger just started talking to you. And if you're anything like me, you're like, whoa, what are you trying to sell me? I don't want to buy it. Like, back off. But maybe they're just being nice and they're just being chatty. So next time, maybe try talking to them as well if they talk to you. Because the thing is, the more people they meet, the greater the opportunity of actually running into someone who might have a positive effect on your life. If this is not something you do, you can try starting that. Like, they give lots of examples of someone, uh, a woman who was working in a career she didn't like and she really wanted to get into film. And one day she took a taxi and another man asked if he could join her in the, in the taxi. They started talking and it turned out that he was uh, the head of a big film production company. And she told him all about how she had dreams of entering this industry and how she would be happy starting at a very low level for very low pay, she would do anything. And she ended up getting a job out of it. And five years later, she was the head of something, something. I don't remember what it was, but it was like in the in line of what she wanted to do. Um, and we hear so many stories like that. Many of the people we admire talk about how they just happen to meet this right person or they just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And this definitely is helped if you talk to lots of people because the more people, you know, probably the next five people you talk to are not going to get you your dream job. But the more people you speak to, the more likely it is someone will be in there who will be able to help you. Lucky people are also people magnets. They are very charismatic or charming or they just tend to get people to randomly start talking to them on the street or at a party or whatever. And 
Um, they've identified in the book that this is due to how lucky people present themselves. So to do this, they've interviewed lucky and unlucky people. They've recorded these interviews and then removed the sound from it. They've removed anything that would let you know that they think of themselves as lucky or unlucky. And then they asked another group of people to identify how these people looked and behaved. And it turns out that lucky people smiled over twice as often and had a much more open body language. Open body language is making eye contact, uncrossing your arms and legs, turning your body towards the person you're speaking to. Lucky people's facial expression and body language attracts people to them. And this also increases the potential of chance encounters. Don't try now, if you've got the idea that just smiling will make people more attracted to you to <laughs> go around with a fake smile because it doesn't work it's going to put people off trust me I've tried it it's not true I don't know why I just said that but a fake smile does not do it but maybe try if you sometimes feel positive like tap into that more and allow your face to express that <laughs> I think often today we try and hide whatever is going on inside and that's not useful as you found out now Another thing that lucky people do to increase their network of luck is they build secure and long-lasting relationships with people. They are very easy to get to know and they are usually likable. They have a tendency to be trusting towards other people and form close friendships. They also keep in touch with a larger group of people than unlucky people and very often this network is what provides them with opportunities. So if you have listened to episode three about social connection, that's already a really good primer for this part because if you are doing the exercise of messaging someone every day to thank them, you know, and just making sure you, you strengthen your social connections, then you're already well on the way for this part of the luck factor. So you're welcome. Oh my god, it all ties in together. It's like you plant this. I know, aren't I lucky? All right. There's a, a, a fun calculation that they did in the book, which I never actually thought about. They are saying that on average, we know about 300 people on a first name basis. So if you meet a stranger, they might not be able to help you. But they also themselves have access to 300 other people that might be able to help you. And if they introduce you to someone then that person also has access to another 300 people. So by starting a conversation with a stranger, you suddenly have potential access to almost 90,000 new possibilities for a chance opportunity. You're only two handshakes away from 90,000 possibilities for a chance opportunity. Looking at it this way is uh, kind of exciting all of a sudden. If you think, I'm not just meeting one person, I'm meeting 90,000 potential people by talking to this one stranger. Suddenly it doesn't seem so against the odds that there would be a lucky encounter in there because that's quite a substantial amount of people. I mean, suddenly the chances of there not being someone who could help you seem much, much slimmer. So that's sub-principle number one. They expand their network of opportunities. The sub-principle number two is lucky people tend to have a relaxed attitude towards life. We saw in a previous episode about gratitude that we tend to only notice what we think is important. Our brain becomes like this spam filter. It removes all the things we think are not relevant. Uh, we talked about the Tetris effect, how you suddenly see it everywhere if you focused on it for a long time. And we've also tried the exercise with trying to imagine the color red and then seeing it everywhere. If you haven't done it, please go back and do it. Please go back and listen to that episode. I think it's quite relevant to, to this topic. And similarly here, we are often unaware of a opportunity 
opportunities that might be all around us because we are too focused on something else. So again, Professor Richard Wiseman, the author of this book, The Luck Factor, has undertaken an experiment where he asked participants to count the number of photographs in a newspaper. And it took the people on average about two minutes to do this. Uh, Some took a little bit longer because they checked it twice. And the funny thing about this is they could have finished within seconds because on the second page there was a big, big advert. It took up half the page with huge letters saying, stop counting, there are 43 photographs in this newspaper. And nobody saw this because they were so focused on the photos. And there was an even bigger opportunity in there because halfway through the newspaper, there was another huge message saying, stop counting, tell experimenter you saw this and win a hundred pounds. And no one, no one saw it once again. Um, I'm sure many of you have seen this video on YouTube where people are passing around the ball and you're meant to um, focus on how many times the ball is passed on between the people. And then halfway through the video, a huge person in a gorilla suit just walks through the image and no one notices it because they're so focused on the ball. I think it's pretty much the same exercise as this. At the end of this exercise with the newspaper, the experimenters asked the participants to look through the newspaper again to see if they found anything unusual and everyone found the notes. So because they were so focused on what they were looking for, they didn't see a great opportunity. And what makes lucky people notice these opportunities? It's that they are more relaxed. There's another study that had people look at a dot in the middle of a screen. Occasionally, they would flash up dots on the sides of the screen and everyone saw them. Uh, But then they did the test again with new people, offering them a large financial reward for accurately watching the dot. So they really upped the stakes in this experiment. Uh, If you you look at this dot perfectly the whole time, you will win a large amount of money. And now people were slightly more anxious about it and over a third of the people missed the other dots. So this shows the effect that anxiety has on noticing things. And as he says so lovelyly, lovelyly, looking too hard makes you see less. And this goes for real-life scenarios. You know, some people find money on the street all the time. There was a man mentioned in the book who was always finding money on the street and he even made a jar for street money. And he said he'd started after a while taking note of what happened on the days that he'd found it versus the days that he didn't find anything. And he realized that he found substantially more money on the street when he was happy than when he was sad or anxious. And lucky people don't go out looking for these opportunities, but because they are so relaxed and so open to whatever is around them, they are much more likely to notice the opportunities when they appear. So you might be walking around being really focused on solving a problem or thinking about a meeting or going through what-if scenarios that, that you have a really, really narrow focus of attention, and this is causing you to miss all the opportunities that surround you at all times. I... I'm definitely guilty of this. I rarely ever notice my environment when I walk somewhere. I am constantly in my thoughts. I I see images of something completely else. I am really, I'm so engrossed in my thoughts that I'm in a different place. And I am very anxious and neurotic. And um, often when I arrive at home, I wouldn't be able to tell you what way I took to get home. It's usually always the same one. So that's why I'm pretty confident. I probably walk that way again, but I have no memory of that. And that's a perfect example of how the man of my dreams could walk past and I wouldn't notice him because I'm somewhere else dreaming of the man of my dreams. Um, And the same thing goes for going to parties or talking to strangers, right? Uh, lucky people are not hoping to find their new partner or the next job opportunity. They're simply relaxed and open 
to the opportunities that arise. So by not trying too hard to look, lucky people end up seeing a lot more. Interesting thing is, uh, just after I'd read this book, I was so attuned to this lucky thing and I was like, I'm going to be a lucky person, I have all the tricks now. And I can't remember the last time I'd found money on the street, but the week after reading this book, I found a beautiful, shiny two-euro coin on the street. Not a huge amount of money, but boy, oh boy, what a coincidence. Well, I hope it happens to you too. Please let me know how much money you found. <laughs> oh man, that would be so fun if everyone just suddenly found lots of money. Cool. And then there's a third sub-principle, and this is being open to new experiences. Lucky people tend to seek variety. Uh, there's an example used of why this is relevant. Say you have an orchard and you want to go pick apples. And if you always go back to the same trees to pick apples, the first couple of times you'll still find a lot of apples, but then it will become fewer and fewer over time. So if you keep trying to find a new place in the orchard that you've never been to before, the chances of you finding apples is actually much, much higher. Many lucky people that they'd interviewed show a tendency to seek out variety and go to extreme lengths to get this variety. One woman was talking about how she doesn't want to go to the same shop twice in a row. To do her grocery shopping, she will go to one supermarket the one day, another one on a different day, and then a third one the third time round. So, you know, she needs at least three different shops to go to and she will buy different products every time. Uh, or someone else just never plans his holidays ahead of time and he'll just fly somewhere and then figure it out once, once he's there. And this might sound strange and what does this have to do with luck? But that's why the experiment with the orchard is so relevant because you are are put in different places, you are more likely to meet different kinds of people and have different opportunities that might spark something. If you keep going to the same place, you're just going to have the same experiences. And I mean, this wasn't said in the book, but it also, I think, has a huge effect on your mindfulness because if you keep going to the same place, you so it ties in with being more relaxed and noticing things around you. Because if you go, keep going to the same place, as I said, when I walk home the same way every time, I can't actually remember how I walked. And I think it's to do with the fact that I know this path so well that I don't have to focus. But if I keep trying to find a different way, I actually have to be much more present in the moment and uh, have to notice where I'm going. So it makes me more mindful, puts me back, back in the present moment, and therefore makes it more likely that I notice new things around me. So yeah, that is a, that is the that is why variety is important. It's an interesting thing. And many of us seek routine and we seek the same thing over and over again for good reason, I think. We can't always change everything. It would be incredibly exhausting. But we can definitely try to bring more variety into our lives. And then um, lastly, to wrap this all up nicely, is uh, an experiment that they did I really hope that my listeners love studies and experiments as much as me, but I just, you know what, I don't like hearing stuff about psychology and uh, behaviour, human behaviour, that is only based on feeling. There's so many books out there where, and this is Tony Robbins, and there's so many books out there that are just talking about, oh, but if you do this, then this will happen, and I've seen it in so many people, but they haven't actually got any uh, studies or experiments or whatever to prove it. They've just noticed this for themselves, and while this might be true, I kind of like having a bit of 
substance underneath and knowing what I'm basing myself on when I believe this because I don't want to reshape my entire life based on something I'm you know something that Tony Robbins feels in his guts is right maybe that's wrong maybe that's being cynical but uh, I just like them experiments so here is another experiment without further ado they uh, had a lucky man and an unlucky woman take part in this experiment and they told them to come to a coffee shop at different times. This was independent of each other. But they said, come to this coffee shop and wait there until another person arrives who has something to do with the luck experiment. And they placed a five-pound note on the pavement just in front of the coffee shop that they'd have to get past in order to enter the shop. And they had only four tables inside with a stooge on each table. One of these stooges was a businessman and the others were not. Now, Martin... A lucky man arrived and he found the money and then he sat down next to the businessman. Uh, he started chatting to him after a short while and he even offered to buy him a coffee. When Brenda, the unlucky woman, was due to arrive, uh, <laughs> another woman with a pram walked past and she picked up the money first. So they had to replace the money. And then Brenda came and she walked right over it to enter the coffee shop. She didn't notice it at all. And then she sat down next to this businessman, didn't speak to him at all, and she ordered a coffee for herself. Later that day, they asked both participants, uh, did you notice anything? Was there anything particularly lucky or unlucky happening to you? And Martin to told them all about how he'd found money and he was uh, he started this conversation with a really interesting businessman. And Brenda just looked at them being like, it was completely uneventful. And this just goes to show that you can have the same opportunities, but completely different lives. The reason Martin noticed this was because he was open to what was happening and Brenda wasn't. He was open to what was happening. He was applying this extroversion tactic of talking to a stranger and just being interested in that person. And Brenda was just focused on herself and didn't seem to notice all the opportunities that were right around her. So that's the information of this episode all about the first principle of luck. Time for a recap. Principle number one is maximize your chance opportunities. And how do lucky people do this? One, lucky people build and maintain a strong network of luck. They form relationships, talk to strangers. They are people magnets. They also have a more relaxed attitude towards life and therefore are more open to opportunities because if you're too focused on seeing something specific, you will miss everything else. So the more relaxed you can be when you go through life, the more likely you will be to notice an opportunity when it arises. And thirdly, they are open to new experiences in their life. They seek out variety, look for new experiences and are more open to whatever changes just happened last minute. Coolio! So now that we've done all of that, we get to our tip of the week. Here's a tip. This is a fun little exercise and it seems a bit silly, uh, but I think it would be a good thing for me to do as well. It's called the dice game. This one is to help you seek out new experiences and maybe kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone a little. So what you need to do is list six experiences that you have never done before, but wouldn't mind trying. This could be small things like trying out a new type of food or going to a different shop, or maybe it could be learning a new skill 
skill or maybe something that's slightly outside of your comfort zone that you haven't tried yet or maybe some kind of adventure like going bungee jumping or whatever it is. It can be as small or as big as as you want it to be. It can vary, obviously, but just make sure it's something that you wouldn't mind doing right now. Now, list these six things and number them from one to six. Uh, And here comes the important bit. You need to make a promise to yourself that you're going to commit to actually doing the thing that ends up being the result. You can't, once you have rolled the dice and got a number, swap something around or back out. Um, If at this stage you still think, oh no, actually in that case I might want to remove this experience and replace it with a different one, you're still allowed to do that. But once you've committed to your list, you have to stick to it. And now you've got your list of six things, you're going to roll the dice and whatever number you get, you have to do now. It's scary, but it's also thrilling. Let me know if you're going to do it. And if so, what the thing was that you ended up doing. (laughs) I think this could be so fun. Obviously, if this is really terrifying to you, the things don't have to be big. It can just be like, I would love to go have sushi for the first time. I've never tried it before and I always wanted to and I'll go do that now. Uh, It doesn't have to be anything huge. And if you're like, oh, this is a bit weak, you can also do huge things, like push yourself, whatever you feel like doing. Let me know how it goes. Can't wait to hear it. Thanks again for listening. I've had a blast. I hope you guys feel a little more lucky now. Let me know what you thought. Please share this with friends if you feel like it could be useful to some. And get in touch with me. Message me or follow me on Instagram at Goddamn Happiness Pod, on Facebook, My Goddamn Quest for Happiness, or go to eldo.lu for more information. See you next time for more on being a lucky person. Bye!